0: This The Things We Do podcast, a podcast about film life, television culture, mental health, and all of that fun, jazzy stuff. Today, I've got my special guest and friend
1: all the way in. Uh, are you in a larger, greater city of concern area? I'm in, I think, one of the worst ones, like the reddest part of the map, I think. <laughs> I'm, I am joined today in, in a
0: concerned area
1: uh, my good friend, <laughs> Sam J. Bellwood. <laughs> Sam, how are you, bud? I'm good, Martin is good. But should I say Martin or Marty? I, I never know. You
0: can best. call me either or I kind of love that you call me both. You've always kind of like fluctuated. <laughs> I definitely go between
1: the two because I'm like, oh, I don't know. Like,
0: <laughs> I love that though. Um, I think what's kind of funny is um, as well, we've known each other for God three years, Yeah, but- all I remember is uh, one of my favorite ever conversations with you was when we were in the car and we barely knew each other. And I think it was just the biggest DNM we'd ever had.
1: <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. I remember just sitting there being like, This got deep with someone that I don't I don't know that well and I was like, but I'm so comfortable to be able to tell this. Like it was very interesting.
0: It was a very nice experience, but we were stuck in like thirty degree heat uh, in a hu- in a car that um, did have aircon, but it was still a very fucking hot day. <laughs> it was, um, and and that was pre lockdown. That was well before a pandemic. So that
1: was before the idea of it, I believe, like yeah, was that a was a wild um, time.
0: That was, <laughs> 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 um, but no, uh, Sam's tell everyone a little bit in the world of your wonderful ears, um. Who you are and what you do?
1: Um, I like so I've been listening to the shows in the last week to kind of get prepped and stuff and get an idea of like how this will all run down. Sorry to break the fall, fall, but like I have <laughs> no idea how to answer that question. Hey, like genuinely, um, I think like ethically, I'm a like at the moment I'm only a streamer. Like I'm not working yeah. because COVID. Unfortunately, my job got put on hold a bit of a risk taker i guess that's the one thing i'm coming to terms with in the last month like i i recently just quit a full-time retail job to pursue uh hospitality and uh, culinary cooking because i've been really into cooking that was like my COVID hobby hobby last year and um i now realize that was probably a horrible decision to make (laughs) i did it two weeks before delta made the route oh no put my resignation in and then two weeks later it happened and my job was like, yeah, we've already ca- uh, cancelled your contract into the four weeks of the resignation. So, I was like, all right, I'm fucked. <laughs> was like- wow. Yeah. Oh, my God.
0: That sucks.
1: Yeah. So, what's that mean for you? Are they
0: still going to... Hopefully, work with you once, kind of like the pandemic sort of slows down. Is that the aim, or is it sort of like null and void? In-
1: I was lucky to organize two jobs like outside. So one mm. was in a uh, another retail store. I won't mention names just in case. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The other one was for a mates company, like um, who does like smoked meats at like uh medieval fairs, weddings, and stuff. And it was picking up again and stuff. And so, like, I had work lined up, but then COVID just kind of just dropped a nuclear bomb in the middle of them and just went, no, not for a while, you know, so. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah.
0: That's like, because you're one of those people who, if anyone doesn't know Sams, he is just a delight. But <laughs> Thank it's, you. It, you are. But I think it's one of those things that you just, like, every, sometimes opportunities just feel like they they stop. For you like, and I think out of anyone that I know who's come out of this pandemic with still smiling for after the (laughs) shitty things that happened, it's you. Cause I mean like, yeah, you're constantly Twitch streaming at the moment, which I think is phenomenal. And also the fact that, you know, if anyone follows his Instagram, uh, you're doing like barbecues left, right and center, which (laughs) I think prior to even you doing that, we always knew I remember you were very obsessed with like, you know, styles of cooking and you were chatting about that stuff. Whenever we went to cafes or somewhere, you would always comment on something about the food. Yeah. And that wasn't just like, oh, this tastes good or anything. You were just like, this is really good or this is like, absolutely dog shit like you were not <laughs> it was you were very clearly honest about how food was
1: have you always been like that in terms of food well like um i think as a kid I was a picky eater i only ate apparently i only ate pasta and cheese for <laughs> like years like i didn't really eat meats i didn't eat vegetables and then like at one point it all just kind of changed i remember the moment i started eating more vegetables i remember that but i don't remember anything else but like uh i have a friend in particular and he will purposely be like, hey, we're going to BL Burgers. You should come. Yeah. And I'm like, all right. And he's like, I like you to come and eat with us because I just enjoy how much you enjoy eating. <laughs> and he's like, and you break everything down and you tell everyone what you're tasting. And and I, I think like um, I, I started looking at food more seriously and like not just like last year when COVID happened and I was looking for hobbies, like we all kind of were. Yeah but like uh when the 2014 film chef came out yes and i started really realizing that i like the relationship with food and like of course like i weigh 150 kilos like i like food there's a there's no <laughs> there's no way around that and i'm going to say it out loud it's okay but like um like i really started like the idea of Eating with people and eating cooking for people and yeah. like one of my mates and I after we saw that movie, we ran we saw it like nine PM on a Monday night. We drove the coal straight after and tried to make a Ruben sandwich from scratch. Like oh. yeah, like we found a recipe on Google. We're like, All right, we're gonna get the coals, we have twenty minutes and oh you know, we cooked it in my kitchen and stuff and it was cool. It was a really fun time. So like after that, like we are always like, We should learn how to cook more food and and like start eating seriously and like when i was studying film i kind of learned an appreciation for other cultures of food like uh so i was a panriff boy yeah and like realistically we had a thai food shop a chinese shop and a kebab shop and a fish and chip shop and then takeaway like maccas and stuff so like i really didn't kind of go and eat anywhere too exotic or differently and like i was in the middle of all these kids from these different areas of sydney some from bondi some from Surry Hills, some from like you know Bankstown and stuff, and they'd be like, Oh, we're gonna go to lunch. Where do you wanna where do you wanna eat? And I'd be like, I don't care, I'll just eat anywhere. Yeah. So they just kinda pointed out straight off the bat that we're gonna go to this like really dingy looking uh food place in Chinatown. And I was like, sure. And I remember walking in there being like, I'm definitely gonna get sick. Like just being because <laughs> like, it not because it's Chinese food or anything like that, a different like oriental food or anything. It looked filthy. Like it just looked yeah. Horrible. And I was like, Oh, this is not gonna be great and I end up having like three trays of food and stuff, and really got into it. Oh, well, that's yeah. great!
0: I'm a big foodie as well, and you know, I think the thing that I look at you and I look at me, and and you know, people would be like, as you were saying, "Oh, Sam's loves, loves food," and I would go, "I also love food." <laughs> like, there's just don't you don't you think this is a weight thing? <laughs> I fucking love food. Um, but no, I do agree with you. I think I think film is a, it's interesting that you raised that because I think film has a great way of introducing you to different cultures and different foods. And um, I, th- I remember watching a bunch of cooking shows when I was younger. And one of them I remember was done by a chef called Ainsley Harriet, And he went round and traveled to different countries and then made cuisines in those countries. And every time a chef goes and travels, I really get this sense of appreciation for different cultures and different ways of cooking. Yeah. But also the, the best places are sometimes the dingiest looking shitholes that you can find that might have a rat running around <laughs> somewhere in the kitchen, and but yet, you know, the rat is actually domesticated and, and living there free of rent. And, and then... and they're cooking you an amazing meal but like there are so many places that look like shit but are actually some of the best places in the in the world and i don't think i remember there was this real big training training in the western culture especially we were trained that you know good food comes from well-looking places yeah like you know i don't think that's the case i think sometimes the place you know can look dodgy yeah but you'll love the food and the quality and um like the only time I've ever got proper food poisoning is in Singapore and that was from a food court. So realistically, I
1: can't complain about getting dodgy food from a, a street vendor. <laughs> well I, like I remember going to Japan and we were just eating anywhere. And I remember this is the yeah. this is the trip I get sick. Like this is when I spend four days in a bed out of the two weeks. But it never really happened. And we ate like you do, you eat at like real stingy places on those trips because it's a part of the experience. And then um you kind of walk away being like that was some of the best food I've ever eaten in my life, especially yeah. like in those in those type of countries, I think you'd get like a a better taste for food, a uh, comparison to America or something like that. not that I've been.
0: yeah, I mean, like also the one the one thing I will say about Japanese food is th- when you're in Japan and I love Japan um talking of travel but um it's one of those countries that when you go and eat Japanese food you kind of go back to Sydney Australia and you just don't want to eat anything yeah. of the Japanese food oh, here because yeah. it doesn't it's there's something i don't know what it's they do to their food but it's so well kept and so well looked after in terms of presentation and taste and everything and i'm just like yeah everything that i buy here in sydney just tastes half-assed compared to um over there
1: unless it's ramen i will say ramen He's very good here. I do not fucking blame you. I do not blame you at all. There's a couple of places in Sydney that I'm like the ramen stands out. And I've found a couple in before this lockdown was all the like I found really good katsus and stuff and curries. Yeah. And yeah. Like there's some that are like this shouldn't be a good place to eat at, and then Dead said <laughs> it's just the absolute best. Like, you know.
0: There's um there's one place I, I can't ever pronounce or remember the name. Um I think it's Gumshara. It's like underneath the food court in Chinatown. Um, I
1: think I know where you're talking about, but I wouldn't be able to... And they
0: have like a proper T-bone, like bit of pork. Like it is humongous. And I remember the first time I got it, it's like $30 if you want to go and eat it. It's amazing. But I remember it was just like the size of my face. I ate it with one of my friends. I ate about half of it before I started feeling like my stomach was about to explode. And he managed to finish it and respect to him, because i don't think he had lunch um but yeah it's one of those meals that you know when a broth or something like that tastes good yeah you want to just like it warms you up especially in winter oh yeah it's man. like just marinated bones and and fat and delicious rinds
1: and ah, oh. it's so comfort food it's like mm. it's kind of like that like i think we had stews in like our growing up that parents would make and stuff like my mom had this stew and she only just recently taught me how to cook it yeah and um like i remember is standing in my kitchen on a facetime call with her and i was just like fuck mom and she's like what and i'm like this i'm like i had that ratatouille moment i'm back in my like yeah you know my kid childhood house eating dinner on a tuesday night in the middle of winter like it was incredible like it was absolutely life-changing i
0: I love that that's that that takes me back to like you know i i always think that when um whenever my mom makes me like cheesecake and there's always something about my mom's cheesecake and if anyone can make it like my mom, I will be very happy. But, um, yeah, there's just there's just some things that, yeah, absolutely just go, oh, I feel like a kid again. Um, you know, the, the thing, though, is I do, um, I, at the moment, I do like eating at home a lot more. And I've really enjoyed that from the lockdown because even though I enjoy the restaurant experience and I enjoy that kind of like, you know, you see other people eating with you, there is this sense of the enjoyment of just going and eating at home and and you can kind of prep the food and you know what flavors you want and everything like that so there is a there is a sense of the enjoyment there and it gives me a chance to kind of like learn a bit more in terms of like what I can and can't do and how good my um how good my skills are and you know like my partner currently she's she's also doing a lot of cooking she just started ordering dinnerly and um, loving that. So th- there's a real sense of like, you can make unusual meals at home and see what you can combine in terms of flavors and stuff. So, yeah. Like, lockdown has come you know with pros especially with your barbecuing and stuff like yeah that's been absolute fun yeah like, like how did that even start when did you just decide that barbecuing <laughs> was gonna
1: be like this is the sam's lifestyle now and i gonna <laughs> scream it like well, i think there's like i think there's a world of like you know when a man turns 30 i ever get into ipa beers <laughs> or uh, smoking barbecues and i i'm not a big beer drinker so no i'm kidding but like uh um I, it's definitely influenced by television and film. I can't yeah. remember what exactly. Um, I think it was a bit. It was definitely inspired a little bit from the film Chef mm. because, like, I, I really love the idea of that film as a whole. Like, rather than just like, oh, it's just food. Like, it's just good food and stuff. But I like seeing like the storyline of a man being reborn again into something that he's passionate about. Yeah. Like, I think losing passion in something that when you when you do something that you love so much and you lose that fire and stuff it's it's heartbreaking it's like it's a grieving process and to see someone reborn into it is kind of really inspiring so i like that film for that one reason in particular but uh with with the smoking barbecues i think it was the scene where he has aaron franklin in who's like the kind of like known as like the the texas barbecue god like he's the the one that has like a 400 hundred dollar masterclass online like you know he's been on tv shows and i remember it was a combination of that and um john uh guy fieri's uh diners drive-ins and dives oh yeah and like he'd do these texas barbecue places and seeing like the smoke ring and how juicy like a brisket was i was like shit i really (laughs) want to give that a go and i had a slow cooker so like one of the first meals like cooked for my girlfriend was like slow cooked ribs. Yeah. And I remember she looked at me and she was like, "You're cooking dinners in our relationship because you can cook." And I was like, <laughs> "Okay, cool." Like <laughs> like I remember saying it to my mom. She's like, "She's going to make you cook." I'm like, "I don't have to clean. I'm fucking fine with this." Yeah. Like, I don't, I'll cook all night if I have to. But um And I was living with a couple other people, and like I was streaming, and streaming was starting to pick up. Yeah. And um, I was starting to do this barbecuing, and I was like, okay, well, I wanted to do the barbecuing. And, um, i did it at a mate's place one night like i came around and had it firsthand like didn't go to a restaurant just he'd been doing it since 5 a.m yeah we got there at seven o'clock at night we had to wait another two hours for it to rest like uh because it was a like 12 kilo brisket he was doing it was huge oh yeah 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 like it was the it's the mac daddy big boy that you kind of fantasize about or you hear people wanting to do and i had it and he's like oh this is shit and i had and i was like this is delicious i know what you're taking he's like i needed another hour of resting i needed this and that and he's pointing out all the cons and i'm like but it's great and i went home that night reheated the whole thing in my slow cooker with like some beef broth and that because he recommended that so i put butter and stuff in there and i remember that point i was like i really want to do this for myself like it seems like a fun day out yeah and you know like that's just where it came from like uh Like, um, but then I had to move out because I was living in an apartment block and stuff. And my um, housemates uh, were complaining that I was using too much internet when I was streaming, (laughs) even though I was uploading and they're downloading. But okay, that's a conversation for the ages. (laughs) And um, do they know how data works? I don't think. I think one of them, (laughs) uh, if I'm being absolutely (laughs) frank. But like, uh, so like, I was like, look, you know, I I found a place, like, I'm going to move out. And like, I have a backyard. The first thing I did the weekend I moved out was bought a $200 smoker from Bunnings, and it's been the same one I've been using since, and it's a shit barbecue. Like, it is horrible. It leaks smoke. Like, I can't get the briskets perfect. Like, they get close. They get really close because it just leaks that much smoke, so it's like an oven with the door half open. Yeah. So, it just doesn't contain it enough, and it doesn't flow that well, so...
0: That's yeah. a, that's a shame because that um like smoked brisket and everything is just Oh yeah man. The flavor is unreal. Yeah. Um and I think that that's a smoked food um is very Texan.
1: It's very Wild West.
0: It's so wild. Like very Which, It's funny though because if you watch any Wild West films there's no sense of like any where that came from. Yeah. And I think whenever the whenever a smoker must have been invented like um they must have just someone <laughs> been like, "I'll chuck this pig in there, see what <laughs> happens." Close the lid. That
1: that's actually pretty much what it was like, especially with briskets, because briskets was known as like the shit cut, like the throwaway. But they were trying to like conserve more and more of it, so they realized that like you could slow cook it. So the only way they could properly slow cook things was by smoking it and that was like a way like it was like a shit cut at first like it was like the poverty food in a way like yeah. it was a throwaway meat and now that like like my mate runs a business it's a smoking business uh crossdale barbecue like if you think i'm doing impressive shit check out that instagram like it, you have to order lunch straight after because it's just yeah it's food for the eyes but like uh now it's like royalty food like i know so many people are like i want smoked meats at my wedding and i was just like this is insane from where this came from especially in australian culture too yeah like my dad as a kid being like my dad was like very like i'm not a big fan of my father so i'm happy to kind of talk shit about him He was very like misogynistic in the idea of like men only cook on the barbecue we don't cook in the kitchen so i never cooked as a kid unfortunately and i wanted to you know, I was jealous of friends coming to school and being like, oh, I cooked a lasagna last night. And I'm like, oh, your parents didn't? And they're like, no, I did. And I was like, I want to do that. But my dad always put this idea in my head that I wasn't supposed to because that was not a man's place. We only did a barbecue. Yeah. So I'd always cook in the barbecue. But then I have like this Texas barbecue and been like, man, Australian barbecue is shit. Like just in comparison. <laughs> like there's just, it's. It's just, like, you're just cooking on a giant hot plate outside. Like, it's fun, but, like, there is no added flavor that you can, can't get anywhere else. Like, maybe the flame-grilled stuff over the, yeah. you know, sure. but, like, you can get that on Texas barbecue with flavor with charcoal. That's that's just me.
0: I mean, I absolutely agree, and I think it's interesting because, yeah, I I'd, I'd completely hate that attitude that men only cook on barbecues. And having grown up with my dad, who would never touch a barbecue, really, in his life... Um, uh, it it's just a very kind of backwards way of thinking, especially, but, um, but in terms of that, also, I think the way Australian culture treats barbecue is very basic. Yeah. Like, all you do is put your meat on it. You don't actually do anything creative with that meat in terms of flavor and stuff. And having, like, you know, used barbecues over the years, there is a lot you can do with them. And it kind of baffles me. How, um, you know, how people don't use that like flavor and closing the lid and, you know, letting it, you know, cook under the lid and not having it exposed to the cold or fresh air. It's like you've got to. Know what you're doing with the meat and what kind of meat you want to cook with. Like, it's like the thing that I keep saying to everyone it's like, do you you know, people who marinate things, and when you know, when people like marinate things for 20 minutes and they're like, oh, it's marinated, I'm like, (laughs) no, 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 you need to leave it for 12 to 24 (laughs) hours. Yeah, definitely. Like, let the
1: meat soak. Yeah, exactly. Um, That's like the, the next thing I'm trying to do now. Cause like I keep talking about the film chef and it's like, cause it's, it really did kind of make the pinnacle point in like what I want to do and stuff. Uh, but I really want to give a crack at making the Cubano sandwiches that they make at the start of the film when they get the food truck for the oh, first time. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, Cause I've never seen a sandwich just look perfect. Like, you know, just never had this opportunity of being like, man, if I could marinate pork, a pork shoulder for two days in spice rums and orange juice and peppers and stuff. Oh, that's the dream. And so now that I'm in lockdown, I was like the other week. I was like, actually, I have time to do this for once. Like, yeah, so, like I agree with the whole idea of like people just kind of stop the idea of marinating. Like, I feel like it's only really come into, and this is just from my observation. Like, I haven't been looking at cooking when I in the nineties or in, or in the naughties. It's only been in the last five years that I've looked into it. Yeah, but I, I. I feel like we're we're only cutting the edge of that now. Like I I don't feel like a lot of people in their own houses would do that as much as what they are now. Like, but I could be wrong. Like I I don't live in every house. Like I only know a couple. So you
0: know. I think it's also a shame that Australia doesn't have street vendors quite like man. New York does.
1: Oh man! Like even like the food truck culture of other places and stuff. Like man, I would I'd die for that. Man, I'd like. Because yeah. they, there is a,
0: something awesome about a food truck mm. and, you know, just getting your food, like, straight away. And they're like, what do you want? What toppings and everything? And you just get this really, like, hearty meal for something like six to eight bucks. And, and it's why one of my favorite things to do is, you know, when you go to um, little, um, uh, get your, like, pork buns or pork rolls and stuff from little street um, vendors... Um, in and around Chinatown, there's one in Leichhardt, which I go to and like, I paid six bucks for it and it was like, you know, the fact that people in Australia, we, our culture is to go and pay 15 to 20 bucks for one meal when you can go to a great street vendor kind of situation, pay six to eight bucks Mm. or even 10 bucks and get something that is, you know, what you pay twice the amount in a, in a shop. But these people have spent the time and the effort and it, and it really does, it has the same flavors as the same contrast and actually probably has more like, this is the thing that I often say about food as well. It, it When it's made with passion rather than, you know, like when it's made with love and passion, it actually really does taste well. And I think it's because it's, you know, like we talk about time and prep and I think that was taught to me when I did hospitality in, uh, in school was that whole like, love your food and love what you do because... Yeah. You're presenting it to other people. it's like what you were talking about before, like you gotta love making it for others, oh yeah, I mean you, you know otherwise it's you know people don't enjoy eating it.
1: I without a doubt agree, like um my favorite me- memories of home meals is like uh Christmas, like yeah, you know, families would come together, and my my mum's family would bring a different dish, you know, they'd bring a dessert. And, like, you know, we would have the same thing set up. And I just love the idea of, like, it was all basic, like, Aussie, you know, Aussie roast, and, you know, a leg of ham and chickens yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. Like, very... Nothing too out of the ordinary, or over the top, but like I just love that idea of like food brings people together. Like I'd ultimately say yeah. that like what makes us all the same is food and sex. Like we, no matter what culture we are, we all do those two things. And like like last year, I did a Christmas dinner for a couple of friends because we couldn't see family because of COVID. Yeah, and um, like my mates' family could come, but I couldn't see mine because they live in the country. So I was like, all right, well, I need to do something. They invited us, my girlfriend and I, because she was in a very very similar boat. And I cooked a this is my proudest thing I've ever cooked. I am so proud of this. I I got up at 4 a.m., started the fire, and I cooked a four kilo leg of lamb. And <sighs> <laughs> it was huge. It was just yeah. so big. And like I remember putting on my smoke and I'm like, oh god, if this doesn't work, I've ruined Christmas. Like like not for <laughs> anyone, just for me. Like I spent $70 <laughs> on this leg, like, and I got it from a really good butcher. Like I wanted yeah. it to be good. And uh i remember i was sending photos to my mate my other friend who does texas barbecue the one that i did it with for the first time and decided wanted to do it uh i'll say his name gavin and i was like so i've put it on uh the fire's going blah 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 what should i do he's like just maintain the fire watch it every half an hour so i i was up from like 4 a.m till midday and like i was exhausted i smelt like charcoal and uh my girlfriend did a turducken. We also did the veggies and we did a mac and cheese. Like we we were like, let's just take every food that we like, you know, and we get there. And um, this is my, I really hope um, my other friend Ty doesn't hear this because um, he made a turkey and his girlfriend's family was coming because his family lives in WA. So him and I are very similar in this boat. And he was like, oh, I really hope her dad enjoys the turkey. Her dad only spoke about my lamb. <laughs> like, he- <laughs> <What>? <laughs> like, from the first minute, he took a bite of it and he went, who did the lamb? And I did. And because it's like got the bark on it, it looks burnt. Like it looks, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like it, like to any Australian that's never had Texas barbecue, you're like, why is it burnt? And I'm like, it's just a bark. You got to cut through it. And I cut it open and you could see like the smoke ring and it. it's juicy. And I'm like, see, and I take a bite of it. And then everyone trusts it. And he took a bite and he's like this ocker Aussie Aussie with like, you know, a cane and a limp. And he's got like the old tattoos all over his shoulders. And yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, who did the fucking lamb? And I went, Oh, <laughs> I did, sir. And he went, that's the best thing on the table. He hadn't eaten anything else. He just immediately <laughs> was like, that's the best thing on the table. And I just sat there and I was like, Oh, Oh, like, okay. Like I was so proud of it. And like, uh, like and then everyone had the and they're like the Tadakun's great the mac and cheese is great and they just kept commenting on the food we brought and like my girlfriend leans over and she's like I think we stole this Christmas and I was like yeah we fucking totally stole this Christmas <laughs> 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 so, like, oh my god yes yeah and I love I love people like and you're you're so right that preparation of food is like you love your mum's cooking because your mum's cooking to keep you alive like she's feeding yeah. you, you know she she is still in her mindset and I swear to God, this is true. You're still on the umbilical cord. Like, you know, you're, you're still that, that kid in their mind. So whenever they cook you dinner or you're coming around for the first time in a while, they want to cook you the best meal they've cooked because you know, they love you and stuff. So I think if you want something to be good for people that you cook with or cook for, you put a lot of effort, like that meal that I cooked my girlfriend for the first time, those ribs that we slow cooked in a slow cooker, um i wanted to impress her like i wanted you know her to kind of like be like oh you can cook and she was like oh shit you can cook and i was like yeah i can that's cool like (laughs) um you know like this is like the fourth or fifth date or something at this point but like uh you know like i think food brings people together and like when you love the people that you want to be brought with you know yeah and that's like i think there are good chefs out there and there's chefs that know how to cook and i think the ones that like are the good chef the ones that you respect and that are the ones that love to cook for people. Yeah. You know? I
0: I mean, absolutely. And I think, like, my partner, she loves cooking. She absolutely loves it. And I'm happy with that. <laughs> I would love cooking too. But I, I just think that it's always kind of funny because now that she is such a big lover of cooking um there's always that moment of like she wants to help me in the kitchen but then it's like i need to cook like I need to do-. <laughs> she's very she's like no but i can help you and then but when she's in her own kitchen she's like no get out like, yeah. like okay
1: i'm i'm slowly turning into that
0: yeah she just likes ownership of the kitchen and i totally totally love that she is an awesome cook i'll never say uh not to no to that but you know that's always kind of the thing because i will I will always clean up and I'm happy to do that <laughs> if if she is happy to cook. so that is that is our rule of thumb. but um, yeah, I mean, like each person like gets their own enjoyment from things like absolutely. like my dad never particularly liked cooking. um, he did it out of necessity because mum worked a lot, um, but a lot of what he cooked, like he he was in a cinema situation where his his mum wasn't very good at cooking, and his dad really didn't cook, so it was kind of like these skills weren't really taught to him, and nor did he really kind of attempt to learn anything new about it. Yeah. So, he, th- you know, those skills were really kind of like his basics were sausages, um, rissoles, like just the standard, cook some peas, cook some meat, three, you know, three veg and some meat, yeah. and you're you're good to go, kind of like thing. And I think. Few years later, like obviously my um, my mum had such a bad year. She lost her um, brother and her mother in the same year, unfortunately, both to heart attacks. Um, and then we were basically sort of like my mum decided to go on to you know a better diet system, like us to eat more healthy. And I think over the years though, that has really taught, particularly my brother and I, to really appreciate food a lot more because instead of just having the normal basic what you call food we were able to branch out and try different things yeah. and our family suddenly weren't just going and getting Indian as takeaway. We were getting all sorts of things that we were getting takeaway. It was really branching out of our, our zones. So I do encourage people like, you know, to go and try different foods because food is amazing. It is. And especially when you put love into it, yeah, it's like the best thing, you know, um the small there's a couple of like places around um annandale and glebe and stuff that are run by small family businesses and when you go and order food from them they're amazing like they're just really good quality so um you know the these kind of atmosphere does still exist but i think also it, it is really you know just trying different cultures and trying different ways of food and working at how people prep those food because you know like As we were saying about Texas food, a lot of cultures influenced Australia because we are kind of a multicultural, and I do that in quotation marks. We're multicultural (laughs) in
1: terms of what, like food wise, probably less in like culture wise. I always Uh say to people, like, uh, when you have the argument of what what is an Australian meal, like the only thing I can contemplate, what, not. not contemplate completely think that is Aussie is like the leg of lamb roast on a Sunday night like the the, yeah. the Aussie roast that's the only thing i can think of but you look at like like even the british like culture like or Irish cultures and stuff like as much as we joke about like them with potatoes there's like that is a thing you know and that's just naturally a thing but like even England you know meat pies everything that came from that American culture there is so many different foods to each area like even to the point now where Mexican food has encouraged so much Texas food so you got Tex-Mex uh and then like you know like I can't and this is not insulting Australian culture or anything in such a way but I can't really figure out what is the quintessential Aussie meal the only thing I can think of is Vegemite on toast (laughs) and I don't think that's insulting like I think it's genuinely unique but like uh, I can't really think of like these like oh that is Australian yeah because even a leg of lamb that is somewhat British you know except it's a lamb not a chicken like like the Sunday roast you know what I mean
0: I 100% agree and I feel like we we really don't we don't have many things of the quintessential Australian <laughs> in terms of food. Um, yeah, I never thought of that um, until, like, do you remember this is, you know, when they're, um, uh, you know, like Australian Outback houses, like when they used to have those sort yeah. of like, there was a brand of food chains that seems to have died a little bit. Uh, there's like two, I think, still around. And it was like uh, Australian Outback food restaurant thing. And all it would have would be, like, kangaroo meat and and stuff like that. And I was like, if you're trying to be quintessentially Australian, what about the beef and the chicken that we want? Yeah,
1: exactly. Well, like, Angus beef is Australian and stuff. And, like, I I thought it was funny because I said to someone, like, I had this conversation they went up to me and they went, ah, like, you know, we've got kangaroo meat. I'm like, there's no way anyone would just be like, oh, man, can't wait to have kangaroo (laughs) tonight. Like, that is a very in particular person's meal. Yeah, You know? Like, I like it. Like, I've done, I've done like, uh, kangaroo mints and spaghetti instead of beef mints because it does have a richer flavor and it mixes better with, like, red ru- red wines and hot sauces and stuff. But, like, it's not something that you would find any Aussie on a Tuesday night just been like, fuck, yeah, let's cook that. Yeah. Like, you know. No. And, like, you'd find it in a gym junkie's house before you'd find it in an Aussie's house.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, We'll go into the topic, though, now. We'll move across to the topic of uh, film because... You also studied film, and that was kind of how we met. I did. Because uh, I, I I feel like the first half of this podcast is going to be people really
1: hungry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I had a feeling that it's like, man, there's going to be so many Uber eats. In this. <laughs> um, but you you
0: kind of like you're a bit of a you were we met when you were doing running um, for a short film that we both worked on, but also like you've done a bit of producing, you've done a bit of writing. You're a very good writer um
1: thank you i appreciate that
0: yeah you've done a fair bit in terms of like has that trajectory still t- you know changed because of like the lockdown or is it kind of like still on the back burner for you
1: it's definitely on the back burner like i i've been i think about it all the time because i feel like i went to you know uni i spent tens of thousands of dollars yeah. on a course and i'm i've still not even started to pay off because i worked in retail and like a part of me feels like it was wasted time in a sense, like, and it's something I just want to do. And I think it's just the depression of lockdown that's uh, lockdown, sorry, that's around everything, yeah. Like, like, I, I, what can we do in this time? Like, you know, and a part of it was like a big doing Twitch was like, I do have knowledge of some things that I can put into this, not a lot, but. You know, um I definitely like like the uh like i s it's a weird time to bring it up, but I definitely still want to work with you on a certain script like uh like you and Shannon, I'm very like. I've wanted to bring it up, but it's like, how do you have a conversation? I've been like, remember that last time we met yeah, up yeah, before yeah. the you world remember, went to shit? Remember
0: That's... that story that we have that we want to do? Yeah.
1: yeah. That one? It's still like, it's definitely still there. Like I, I read re, reread over it all the time and I'm like, this has definitely got to get made. Yeah. Like, whether or not I continue this as a, uh, an actual pursuit of a career or anything like that, it's definitely something that needs to be seen yeah and like i think i i still want to do things but i just don't know how to get into it and like the the longer the lockdown goes on the harder it has an idea of how to get into it like i think you know and but a part of me is like i've got into streaming so much and helping people starting off their streams and another mate runs a broadcast company um i won't i won't drop their name just in case he's not comfortable with it yeah but uh i've really got into the idea of doing broadcasting now Mm. um and like working in the behind the scenes of that whether it be producing writing or engineering or in some way yeah i just kind of like the idea especially online like i've really enjoyed helping people get their streams off you know because during twitch there is like a stage called affiliate an affiliate is kind of like, okay, you're going to start making some money from this. Not a lot, nothing to quit your job over, but definitely something to kind of bring home. Yeah. And like like with me over two months, I'll probably get like around $600 from, which is like, you know, it's not a lot, but it pays my phone and internet bill for both those months. And on top of each of everything, I get $600 to play video games. Yeah. <laughs> You know, you know how many times I've held that against my mum when she was like, when I had a Sega Mega Drive as a kid, she was like, "You're not going to make money from this," and I'm like, Ha-ha! It's "Like, a deed. <laughs> yeah, it's more from this than primary school, mum." I tell you that much. Um, but like, uh, like I've really enjoyed getting people to like to that first step. So part of me is like, I really like the idea of trying to work into that. But yeah, like I've done a little bit. The biggest thing I've done is like I did the Cheese TV revival, which was insane. Mm. Like. that was just really random how that came about and it just actually came about and worked,
0: Mm. Um, you know, so. Yeah, and uh, like Cheese TV sort of dissipated in late 90s, early
1: 2000s? Yeah, around that. I can't remember the exact year. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. And then it sort of like had this little bit of a revival since. But also like, you know, with Twitch streaming, I feel like this has catapulted, you know, it probably just lockdown has helped massively, but I I know so many people now Twitch Twitch streaming, and um having spoken to a few people who do Twitch streaming, it's it it is one of those surreal things that um you know you don't quite it's it from an outward spec perspective, a lot of people are like, oh, why would you Twitch stream? And it's like, why wouldn't you? Like you know. <laughs> It's a perfectly reasonable thing to do. And I think a lot of people who Twitch stream, you know, sometimes it will do it for various different reasons. And I think one of the best things is, like, there is a great sense of, like, you know, people's perspectives. It's like I call Twitch streaming like podcasting. It's just a it's another platform for um just people. You know, it's like uh, what YouTube used to try to be. And YouTube's kind of, exactly, like, yeah. dissipated a little bit on blogging. Um, you know, everyone stopped vlogging for a while.
1: Yeah, it's hard to find a good vlog on YouTube now that's not a, in, like, an American Californian influencer yeah. that's trying to just be rich for being rich. Like, it's gone definitely from that that period of time. People just vlog, being like, "Man, I had a shitty week at work," and yeah. they would just talk about their job, and it was a relatability. I th- like, I definitely think that's gone over to Twitch. Like, there's more of a like you can see my background at the moment. This is my Twitch setup. Yeah, and um like i think people like see like i think it's a window into someone's life yeah like i think a lot of people enjoy like like behind me i have like pop vinyl figures and a playstation and stuff and like my last of us little things that are really close to me he's got his and, cats um, on
0: the side as well
1: yeah <laughs> i'll bring him over if you want hey we've got a kitty cat
0: um oh yeah, he's He's a,
1: he's a bit shitty this morning. Um <laughs> probably not slept. <laughs> uh, He hasn't actually ran around my room a whole night, but like, I think like people like it cause, and especially in COVID it peaked because it was like, it was a relatability. Yeah. Like during this lockdown and I'm having, cause I'm not working this time. I really enjoy it now because it is the only time I really get to talk to a mass group of people. And from going from working retail in one of like, one of the busiest stores that are in the company, I, I'm not going to drop the company's name. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, like that one is more important than my mate's business, but like, um, like drop, like working in that time over Christmas, Black Friday, even this time of year when it was the end of financial year, I usually see like around 500 people a week. So like, coming into seeing literally one, yeah. like, in a snap, is just... Like, I'm having a hard time with that. The only thing that's really getting me through it so much is that every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I have, like, around 20 or maybe 25 people that come in and say, hey, and that kind of is getting me through the lockdown a lot more than I thought it would. Yeah. And I think for some people, like, seeing that other end of seeing someone else do something that they enjoy or even what they talk about is... Really rewarding for them, like that's what they kind of want to be in. Yeah, I guess.
0: Also, know. though, like I, I think that you know we're much better at um admitting when things are shit than we used to be. I think there was a like um, you know, we obviously don't uh want to mention company names or anything or job names, but I, I think there was a real sense, probably prior to the pandemic, where you didn't really say anything bad about you know you know how work life was you were just kind of sucked it up and dealt with it and it was that old mentality and now that everyone's got no choice other than to go home and work and work and home and all and you know whatever capacity that is i think the first time in a long time mental health and everything of that is widely recognized as a mass problem it is not just a this happens to specific people this is now a, a a big problem uh, that yeah, the yeah. you know the f- companies need to face like people need um you know uh, mental health checks they need um, psychology appointments they like people need um, support networks and a lot of a lot of businesses are now providing counselling and stuff but I do believe like I remember knowing you for the past few years you know someone who is very similar to myself who has suffered from like mental health issues and everything like that them you know in the fact that you know you would used to see like 500 people a day to now like one or two that must you
1: know is that something you also talk about on Twitch like do you mention that a fair bit Every time I end the stream I kind of like I I'm very it's funny cuz I'm very like loud and obnoxious but I'm very wholesome on my t- Twitch like I try to make sure people that are in there are going like, like you said, we've both gone through shit. Yeah. We've we've both got our trauma and stuff. So, like, a lot of people that come in are just like, I just want to be able to fall asleep to someone talking. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, man, just look. It's cool. Uh, But, like, I try to keep it very wholesome and try and talk to everyone in the sense of, like, uh, it's okay to not be okay. If you're going through shit, talk about it. Like, I'm a big believer in um trying to diminish male masculinity and not trying to hide behind the walls of, like, mental health and, like, men have to toughen, you know harden the fuck up because they're men you know that whole I think when I was a teenager it was um, have a teaspoon of cement and harden up like yeah like I hate that culture so much you know and uh, like for me I think like when it comes to this like I don't mind like I've got tattooed on my fingers okay and that's purely because like it's okay to not be okay it's also a reference to the last of us and i make that a very heavily influence to the reason why i got tattooed but it is a very big reason of like start the conversation with your family with your friends with people around you because um no one it's a it's really rare for someone to come up to you and be like hey are you doing all right and a big part of like the whole are you okay campaign which i believe is coming up in the next month in september yeah but like i think with uh The whole culture of it is like we we definitely hide behind, especially men, and I think it's starting to change. Yeah, it feels like it's changing. But I like to be a big conversationalist in the whole reason of being like, just have the conversation. Like it doesn't take much to talk about it, and like that conversation could save someone's life. It could save anyone's life. And like me in the lockdown, this is probably like if I'm being absolutely real, this is like coming from 500 people to next to none this has been one of the hardest points of my life. Like I'm such an extrovert. I'm such a social socialite. Like even when I was going through like my traumatic stage of my life, I would still go out at least two to three times a week. I would go to concerts, go to local band shows or just go to a restaurant or just a pub, you know, like, and I can't do that at the moment, even on my own. So like, it's a bit restricted for me. Like, you know, if I didn't have this cat next to me, like I probably would be like on the verge of breakdown, but also, to Twitch streams, like, um, uh, man, I'm just like running around in circles. But like, no, <laughs> the I, Twitch I, streams I, definitely something that helps.
0: Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And I think, you know, lockdown this year in particular feels like a whirlwind, and um, it's sort of you know constantly throwing curveballs. Um, oh yeah. But it's one of those things that I totally agree with you. I think. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a particularly, I mean, I'm more of an introvert than you are, but I even think that this lockdown, not seeing people in person as much has really been quite hard and especially, I think it's been harder because of the protests, because of the, you know, the stupidity, because of this real sense of entitlement more than we're in this together because we're all stuck in this shitty situation. So... You know, it's no different than last year. We're in actually, you know, in terms of everything, we've got higher case numbers. So let's get more people vaccinated than sitting there doing nothing um, and getting everyone in ICUs and everything. And, you know, I say this to now to a lot of people, life is never going to go back to normal how it was because um, it's the next five to 10 years is going to be like, you know, you know, I don't think there's ever going to be a lockdown quite as severe Um, once we have a vaccination rate. But I think there's going to be periods of time where they just go, look, they're going to mandate sections of where they can be like, this is an area of concern again. So we're just going to make sure that people limit their times with each other again until we know that the strain has gone down and so on and so forth because there is no way we're going to get rid of it. And I think this huge sense of paranoia, it's really interesting um, because... you know, everyone wants to. Whenever there's a COVID case, or whenever, whenever anyone's sick, people get really paranoid, and I think that's not healthy. Oh, yeah. Because where, you know, therefore, when someone has got it, you know, sick from something else, like whether you not they got the cold or the flu or just something's like actually wrong, um, people just go, oh, well, my haven't they seen a doctor? And I'm like, have you seen how many doctors? Don't see anyone because unless it's COVID-related, like that is a huge thing in the moment, and so less judgment on people, I think would would boost morale a fair bit because, um, you know, it's it's not fair, but yeah, I do agree that community and everything that Twitch creates is great, and and the, the same with the podcasting thing that I've been doing. It's it. It really kind of feels like everyone is in this ludicrous world together. Yeah. But you know, there is a real sense of, um, you know, whether you not get A Z, you get Pfizer, you get Moderna. I think do what's right for you. Get what you feel is right. If you don't want the vaccine, be it at your own risk. Like you know, that has to be on your risk. It's not something we can force you to get. But yeah, I do think that the fact that people just go, oh, I don't believe in vaccines, like.
1: Then how did polio or smallpox or anything like that? I like, I like with the, like, I'm more than happy to talk shit about anti-vaxxers. Oh, please do. And people are just like, I don't believe in it. Like, cause I know so many people that are, like i know one person in particular that went to the protest they didn't wear a mask there they're anti-vax they're also one of the people that i know that have done more with acid than most people i fucking met (laughs) and i can't ever imagine that they've put that much research into the drugs they've taken in their life to this vaccine like i would like and it's because of that i'll talk shit like everyone's entitled to it and i did at the start was like i want to wait and see what happens like you know And that was before Delta. That was in January where it was like, you know what? If we just kind of keep to ourselves, shit could stay cool. Yeah. But then Delta came in and, like, my girlfriend was like, you need to get vaccinated so we can see each other so I can see my mum. And I was like, okay, fair enough. Like, I'll go get it done. That's fine. That was enough to convince me, you know? But, like... People that are now at this point that are just like, I don't believe in it. It's like, motherfucker, you've done MDMA that you found off some guy that shelved it in his ass to get into a (laughs) festival. And you're questioning this. Like, and like, everyone is entitled to their own opinion. That's fine. But that means I'm also entitled to be a prick about it. And like, I just can't get like why people, this is the hill they literally want to die on. Yeah. Like, this, I just don't understand it. Like, at this point in this much of a panic, like, I don't. You know, and they're like, oh, I'm so sick of this, so I'm going to go protest. And it's like, oh, you're the reason why our numbers doubled in a month. Like, it's just, and it's the reason why I'm in such a bad area. Yeah. (laughs) I just,
0: it's so funny as well, because it was pointed out to me the other day. I didn't realize this, but people in greater greater areas are concerned. Wear your fucking masks. Wear your fucking masks, people. Like, that's the thing. It's straight up, um, you know, I, I work with people in, in credit areas and concern and they're, they're exempt because obviously work needs them. But even then, they're constantly wearing their mask at work. They're constantly being respectful of people. And they think that people, you know, like this person in particular has had the AZ, um, both doses, and, you know, he's over 50 years old and he just goes, you know, it's complete idiots who are not abiding by yeah. the rules and regulations, and the fact that you know, he his wife works for Bunnings, and he's shitty that that's even open. That's accounted as essential. He's like, No, it shouldn't be because order everything online, it gets delivered to you. No one should go to a store at the moment. Yeah. And I totally. Totally agree with that until until a vaccination rate gets to a certain point. I don't think people should be going into stores unless they need absolutely, absolutely need to like
1: Coles or something where it's a little bit harder to get everything you need um no i agree with that yeah without a doubt like uh i i am the guilty person that went to bunnings to buy charcoal a week ago for a barbecue. <laughs> like i was, like and i wasn't going to but then someone's like Do you know bunnings is still open like oh that clip went around when they're like asking gladys like you know why is bunnings still open and i was like bunnings is still open and immediately at that point i was like mm, all right if i go there i wear a mask sanitize i know exactly where to go at the back go grab it just walk out and i was in there for 10 minutes but like I was a part of the issue.
0: You know you put yourself I, I in a criminating position at the moment, sense.
1: Hey, the store was open. I like, am <laughs> like, wanting to be, you know, I'm going to study like culinary cooking and like I need a practice, you know, because well, like, I think the biggest issue that we have, um, and I, I'm very anti this government in New South Wales, mm. very, very anti. I was in the Keep Sydney Open Party against this government, so I'm very anti this government for yeah. mainly small business reasons and live music than anything else else but uh like i've never been a fan like since the mike bard days and yeah like i'm really not a fan of it at all i think they're just very backwards they're not really forward thinkers and having someone stand up every day and be like only essential items and then 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 someone's like what is essential then and they're like anything and it's like that doesn't make sense like no yeah i fucking hate it so
0: (laughs) i I totally agree with you and i think that the you know keep sydney open you know, absolutely should still happen. And, you know, the fact that, you know, that was a fucked scenario. And I know, I know, you know, and this is the thing I say to everyone, King's Cross can be a shitty area. Yeah, yeah, Like, definitely. it just can be. It, It's, you know, but know your areas in Sydney. Yeah. Like, some areas are just more dangerous than others, but that does not mean that you get to shut down venues at a certain time and then go, live music can't happen after this hour. And it's like, get fucked. Yeah. Like, you know, these you're stopping independent people from providing music where they have not, you know, this is an opportunity for them to either make a name for themselves or it's established bands in Australia to have their opportunity to do live music in front of an audience. And, and that to me just shits me because... I absolutely agree with you. I think this government is really lazy. I think the fact that we've gone, we did a plebiscite to legalize gay marriage was so fucking ridiculous, stupid. Like, yeah. <laughs> like
1: we, we just want to make sure everyone's okay with it. It's like fuck off, just do it. just, yeah, say just yes. do it. You're and more like, worried about your next election. Uh, <laughs>
0: um, but also, just like the fact that you know, I'm I'm all for like you know uh, legalizing marijuana and everything like that. I absolutely am for that. And so
1: am I. And
0: yeah. <laughs> I just you know I. I just think it's shitty that that has not been legalized, and you know, it's like, hang on, hang on. But smoking's legal, smoking harmful tobacco is legal. Drinking, gambling, every one of these other things yeah. is way more legal than actually. Yeah, you know. and marijuana is actually less damaging than um tobacco is, like the and actually is um surprisingly less addictive. Yeah, um than than tobacco, and anyone um I just can't stand – I've I've smoked in my life and I can't stand the smell of smoke. It's one of those things <laughs> that, um you know, it depends. I have to be very drunk to smoke a cigarette, like, no, at, and enjoy it. But I remember, like, this is the thing that I think, you know, if you're going to take drugs or anything, and I know you'll agree, you know, do it within your, you know, own comfort zone and, you know, and do it with people and comforting surroundings. I think the way, you know – Media for a long time suggested it was drugs were very bad because you didn't know
1: what you were doing. And I think there are still a lot of people who don't know what they're doing. Oh yeah, I agree. I agree. Like, yeah, very heavily. Like I've had friends go to DefCon, and um, like DefCon is the festival that people die at every year from overdoses. Yeah, and like. As much as I am pro... I'm very pro-drug culture because, like, that was a big part of Keeps in the Open as well. Yeah. Um, I'm very very pro-marijuana, not so much everything else. Yeah. But, like, I had friends going to DEF CON that they were like, yeah, I took nine caps in the morning. And I was like, (laughs) nine? Like, I've I've done one. And I was like, I knew that was enough. Who the fuck are you trying to meet on nine (laughs) caps? Like... And they showed photos of it because like, I didn't believe them. They pulled out their phone and they had like um, what someone would display a plate of a meal. He had nine baggies and a VB in the middle of them. And Ooh. I was just like, yeah. And I was like, that's what you downed it with? <laughs> See, it's like, I, yeah, I don't get it. I don't understand. I like I've done MDMA. Like, I'm happy to say it out loud. Yeah. Like, uh, I think it's a fun time, but it's not something I would go for every time. I don't understand people chasing that dragon like it's Mm. just because it's just absolute in like a hundred thousand percent of like serotonin like it's just you peak heaps high straight away yeah and the next day you drop the lowest you could ever drop and like i just don't think that's worth it that that's just me like you know
0: yeah do you think though that like people don't they get carried away with it all. They just think that this is, like, go hard or go home.
1: Oh, fuck yeah. Without a doubt, man. Like, I like I grew up in Western Sydney, Penrith, right? Yeah. Like, and I started drinking when I was 15 with my mates because, like, you know, year 10 formal and, like, it's very, like, Okorossi to drink. All of them were pretty much tradies bar me. I was a creative. Yeah. And, like, I was studying music at the time. If you didn't go to their house without a case of beer, you were known as a soft cock or, like, words that we just don't fucking say anymore. Yeah. Like, you know... And, like, I don't think Australia has a drug problem. We do. Don't get me wrong. We do. I think we have a substance abuse problem. Yes. Like, I think our culture is strived around, if you don't drink a whole case of beers, you're nothing. Yeah. Because that's what I did as a teenager to fit in. And then when I hit, like, 19 and then I remember having a really bad night drinking. I became, like, very suicidal at a friend's 18th party. And I was just like, I'm not going to drink for a while. So, I didn't drink for about eight months. And then when I got back into it, I lost my whole tolerance. Like, I can have two pints and I'm shit-faced now. Wow. Like, which I love. Yeah, because yeah, it's-, it's like $20, you go out. It's fantastic. Like, <laughs> <laughs> especially in Australia's, like, alcohol prices. It's brilliant. Oh, I know, like, right? <laughs> oh, man. Like, the tax on that is insane. Like, if, if I don't understand why they don't want to legalize marijuana. if they It's something else to tax. Have fun. Like, yeah, I know. know go just go nuts and people would buy that more than they would buy alcohol but like um so like i think australia has this substance abuse problem that like go hard or go home Yeah. and it in context it can be fun like there's nights where like i've gone out and i've drunk you know 10 beers because my mate's going away and he's drinking 10 beers and it's the level is met by everyone yeah um whereas like i think i think that's the true issue like i don't think it's necessarily so much that we can legalize like i don't like i think if we want to legalize mdma or cocaine or something that's completely different yeah but, like I, I don't understand what's stopping the legalization of marijuana like that's the one thing i'm always like i don't get like they're still looking at studies that were done from the start of the reagan era in american politics has started the war on drugs and that's what they determine everything's off still and it's like man yeah. and like there is addiction problems there is gateway problems for it of course but like if that is such a concern then why is not alcohol leading to problems of uh, domestic violence and that's okay to keep it legalized or gambling leading to bankruptcy and people losing everything and going yeah. homeless why is that not okay like i uh why is that okay sorry um i don't understand if you can make such a, a blind eye for a whole heap of different situations yeah, and then not for something else, then I don't understand why you're not having that conversation. Like It's like it's all okay or none of it's okay. Yeah. But still some shit there is not okay with. Like, I don't want to say legalized crystal meth or heroin. Fuck that. I'm like- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, absolutely. And I feel this is the thing
0: that shits me a little bit as well. They don't really teach the ill effects of these things and probably and I just think that you know, you just you know, I was I grew up with epilepsy and ADHD and everything, and my doctors were like, "Oh, like just because of the way your brain chemistry works, steer away from them," but that you know, no one ever told me why, mm. and it was just like that, you know, basically the only message I got was don't mix drugs and stuff. But I've been stoned before, I've had I've had weed and stuff, and I'm absolutely fine with it, and have enjoyed myself. But I think one of those things that is. I know that is my comfort level. For other people, absolutely go wild. Like, do whatever you yeah. want. But my comfort level, I think this also comes down to the culture as well. There is, you know, being that kind of person, everyone just goes, oh, you're, you know, as you say, you're weak if you haven't tried this. And it's like, but I'm not. So, yeah, like, get fucked. And, yeah, theres I think we should be teaching kids especially this new generation coming in, do what makes you comfortable. I think this is changing, but do, do the level of, you know, if you want to do drugs, do it, you know, you know, these are the ones that I know and, you know, do those, Yeah. but also talk to medical, you know, like doctors actually want you to talk to them about this stuff as well. Yeah. Like doctors have said this multiple times that they're like, they would rather you come to them and be like, I'm thinking about trying these. And they go, okay, well, these are the warning signs and, um, You know, I can't stop you. I can't, you know, do anything. But you know, because they're not in the legal right to stop anyone from doing anything. They can only give you advice. And I think absolutely, like as you say, there's a cultural problem, and and there is a um, there's yeah, there's just a uh, all or nothing kind of mentality that we have. Yeah. Um, but I think that comes back to how you know, like that whole. um, If you did, you know, and I think, I don't know if you experienced this growing up, but, you know, when I was younger, if you did drugs, you were considered a kind of type of person who was miserable with life or seeking an escapism. And that's not not true anymore. That's 100% not true anymore. Um, Yeah. But I think there was a stigma surrounding, um, because it came in the same category as we we were talking about, was like alcohol, which is a, um, can be used as a depressant. And if consumed large amounts of, will actually, and for long periods of time can cause you to have really bad depression and addiction to it. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I don't, I don't know if you experienced that now, uh, you know, like growing up and now is more of an adult, if that's changing.
1: It depends. Like, um, it depends on who you're talking to. Like, uh, I've known people that are like, like, I'm like, I'll just say it. I'm a bit of a stoner. Like I think a lot of people that would meet me would just understand it straight away. Mm. Like I'm not to the extent of what people think. Mm. Like like in my last job, they would cut co- like newbies would come up to me and they'd be like, Do you know where I can get them? Like, why are you asking me? And they're like, Clearly you're the person here. And I'm like, Yeah, I am, but I'm not selling. I'm just like, motherfucker, that's for me. Like, you know. Um, but they you know, and they'd be like, Oh, give me your contact. I'm like, No, I'm not doing that. I don't know who you are. Get out of my life. Yeah. Like, but like, realistically, if they knew me, I have a joint maybe once a week. Like, yeah that's you know and everyone thinks that i'm a and baker and i'm really not like if i've got adhd man i do that shit i'm not doing anything for the day yeah so like i get a lot of stigma that i've been called a junkie for it which um i used to work in a methadone clinic like cleaning it up and i've seen and been in the middle of junkies man i am not a junkie like yeah. <laughs> in comparison to like someone that's dealing with crystal meth problems and stuff like that but even then like the way i was like the the amount i do is nowhere near that uh like you know i think people just have this stigma of like if you do that you're clearly like the you're a slacker yeah. you're a you're a layabout you are like a shun you're trying to escape and that and whereas like i think this is the biggest help of american culture and in particular, i think seth rogan is the lord and savior oh God, of marijuana yeah. at the moment yeah like even snoop dogg said he could outsmoke him which i love the concept of yeah uh, like a white jewish man from canada yeah <laughs> do snoop dogg which is great but uh like I think the issue is that we, it's been always surrounded by the weed leaf, the 420 number, you know, bongs that look so out of this world, Cheech and Chong culture. yeah. And then like, you look at Seth Rogen's brand house plant, which is now like, you know, weed and different um, ways of smoking and storing and like culture around it. It looks elegant. It looks like a really fine bottle of wine. It looks like a beautiful thing to do at the end of your day. And I think no one's ever shined, uh, shined that light on it. Like yeah. no one's ever shined a light on it, being like it's just a nice time. Like you know, yeah. Like it's just that whole thing. Like, I, and that's that's for me what I enjoy more about it. Like, yeah.
0: But I also think that like, um, and I absolutely agree with you on Seth Rogen, and I think he's he's done great with that. And um, if people should go and follow his brand because it's actually fantastic. But one of the things that I thought you know is really interesting as well about Seth Rogen is he is. He talks about it in interviews, but he never – You know, he is one of those people who doesn't like – he's just like, you can either do this or you don't have to. Like, you know, I'm not – yeah. he is so upfront and so personal about it. And he's like, this yeah. is what calms me down and this is what helps me at the end of the day or whatever I'm doing. And, you know, he is – one of the biggest celebrities in Hollywood still to this day. And so that doesn't prove anything to you. Like, you know, from the starting point of pineapple express and everything like that, which is <laughs> yeah. a great film. People need to it see is a that 10 film. out of 10 film. It's so fucking um, weird. <laughs>
1: just seeing if I still have the photo I've been reading. I've actually been reading his book at the moment. Um, the yearbook. It's an autobiography. Yeah. And uh, there's a point where he finally talks about experimenting with marijuana as a teenager. Yeah. And there's a, there's a really cool line that he says, and I think it just kind of puts it. He's like, people say it objects. uh, I can't remember what the line is. I'd love to go grab the book, but I can't be fucked. But it pretty much just says that, like, if people wear sunglasses to help them live their life or wear shoes to help them walk and stuff like that, then what separates this from helping me be able to do the things that I like to do? Yeah, Like, from not enjoying your everyday things, it kind of makes a little bit of everyday enjoyment. And, like i i think that's the separation of the two and seth rogan is like he's definitely like the person that brought was brought in through cheech and chong like culture to now being something completely different like uh like the state of colorado is an amazing example of how progressive it can be uh i think now it's nearly been 10 years and they have the best hospital hospital systems in america the best park system and they've made that much tax money from it they don't know what to do with it <laughs> like they don't that's why they got the best hospitals and parks and it looks like they're going to start putting in the schools because they don't know what to do with the money they just have so much money from it being legalized wow and on top of that the crime rate dropped uh underage drug dealing dropped but they instead now have gone into alcohol because the parents aren't drinking anymore they're all smoking weed (laughs) so they don't want to do it because it's uncool but so they're drinking alcohol instead which is kind of funny but a very bad negative but uh like that's one of the biggest things like whenever someone's like oh it's a gateway drug and that but it's like well look at the state of colorado for the last 10 years like if you can look at studies that's a great example Like the fact that any state or country has legalized marijuana or put some legalizedness to it, like California with uh, medical marijuana being a thing, like there is a difference in the crime rate. The crime rate drops and like, you know, one of the biggest things that are happening now, they're all asking what's going to happen to people that are in jail in America in these states that have legalized marijuana what about the people that were arrested for dealing or holding or caught with a baggie on them and stuff like what's going to happen to them now like and a lot of people don't give them jobs because they have a criminal record but realistically what they did wrong is now legal like it's it's raising those questions of like what's next and stuff and like i i it kind of gets me a little upset in the sense of like like, I had a friend that went to Canada and he came back and he was just like, I hate that I have to jump through loops and bounds, like, to go buy, uh, like, a 20, like, a gram. Yeah. And, um, like, he, he was like, I just walked into a shop and bought it. And they would tell me what it was. They would tell me what's in it. They would tell me what type of high it was. They'd tell me where it came from. And then I got to pick, mm. you know, like a lot of the times, like people don't know what they're buying. And this is like the biggest issue with overdoses with MDMA. Like when Groove in the mood did the drug testing example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, they did that whole like, bring your drugs to us and we'll test it and we'll tell you if it's got anything bad in it. Uh, the studies came back overwhelmingly positive. And when they did a, Q in, like, a question and answer with the people that did it, the biggest response to why they went in there and what they came out with was our oh, education. We've not been educated in that level of that. Wow. So like... And a lot of people would determine not to do those drugs again because they'd be like, you can go back out there, find a person you bought it off and do it. That's by all means, but this is what's in it and this is the choice you're making. Yeah. And a lot of them didn't go back out and buy it again. They just would, you know, half ammo or something. I don't know. But wow. Like, yeah.
0: I mean, yeah, it really does come down to education. And I mean, like, you know, I know from a fact that um, from my experience as well, like marijuana does reduce anxiety. It does reduce like... You know, that fear, you know, and somebody who suffers from quite severe anxiety, when I did take it, man, did I feel way less anxious. Yeah. And, and it just like there's a euphoria kind of feeling to it. But there was an I didn't need like this is the thing. I never needed much to get that euphoria sense. And that really nice. Yeah. And and that I think is really good because I I like that sense. I don't need to be completely baked uh, to enjoy myself yeah. on on. And I think that's also another thing, you know. Is is having a sense of enjoyment from anything that you do. And yeah, it's the same with when I have a glass of wine. Actually, like these days, alcohol I enjoy, you know, on and off a bit less than I would probably marijuana. That's just like the thing I think is, you know, just that you, you know, that kind of relax. You want to feel relaxed. And I think, especially with everything that's going around, that feeling of relaxation is quite hard. But, yeah, education is huge. Like, I I don't disagree. Yeah. I think if we, you know, if 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 you taught kids how much, you know, sugar or, you know, whatever was in alcohol, or, you know, like percentage-wise what they were drinking or, you know, going, don't drink, you know, if you want to drink um, vodka, you know, make sure this is the percentage per glass. There is a huge, huge, like, respect of, you know, people's tolerance more. But because they don't know, And they just go ham fisted into drinking when they're like young. Yeah. Um, People get like severe hangovers or they throw up or they end up in hospital, unfortunately.
1: Yeah. I've been on that opposite end many times as a teenager like i remember the first time i got absolutely loaded at my house that my parents allowed it because their whole concept was if you're gonna go out drinking do it here with your friends so then yeah. we know where you guys are and we can monitor it and i got loaded i woke up the next morning not being able to move i apparently vomited all over the bathroom everywhere but the toilet the shower the bath the floor the bench like you know like it was disgusting and i remember at the time it was fun because mm. i think it's just that illegalness of that you're underage and you're drinking it's like yeah ah, let's have a good time you know um but like i when it comes to like the culture of drinking like i've definitely grown out of it i still like i and i'm like i'd be lying if i say i don't like things about it i have a bottle (laughs) of next to me like uh like i love a white russian which is very heavily influenced by you know the big lebowski yeah but uh i dead set fucking love a white russian at the end of the night like instead of having like a milo now i'll have a white russian instead like respect yeah like it's just it's really cool and i think like with like i saw a video going around of like shannon Tatum and uh adam driver yeah and they asked like you know beers or cocktails and shannon Tatum's like oh beers definitely beers like masculine and adam driver's sitting there and he's like cocktails like just under his breath because he's like i just want to enjoy it more yeah and like the more i've had cocktails even with like my my girlfriend i go out because she likes to drink like that's her thing and um i'll get like a uh, kraken and ginger ale with her and she'll get like you know a margarita or but now i'll have a margarita with her because i understand the quality of going out to have a nice drink yeah i understand having something that you can't have in your house at the fingertips like there is enjoyment to it and of everything but like again i think it just comes back to substance abuse culture like yeah i think that's the issue and we're not being educated in the sense of when to stop Yeah, you know instead we're encouraged not to stop especially with things like gambling like we can't have billboards for smoking that's great that's fantastic but we have star city casino on nearly every single bill billboard on the way down from the m4 from penrith to sydney yeah that's the issue i i kind of have with it it's like if this is all okay then why aren't we talking about this yeah you know let's at least educate a little bit more And especially with drinking,
0: it goes back to the government and how much the, you know, the, you know, James Packer and people like that pay the government to, oh, yeah, just, you know, ignore and sideline everything. And, you know, and I totally agree with you. I just think that there's this so many conversations that aren't being had. Yeah. That are like, well, these, you know, because gambling does destroy lives, it does destroy families um absolutely when you gonna- I've
1: sat down with like therapists and they've been like do you drink and i'm like no they're like do you smoke and i'm like oh yes and they're like do you gamble I went no and they're like cool um they went what well, do you smoke cigarettes or you know marijuana i'm like a marijuana and they're like do you smoke cigarettes I went no and each like three therapists i've said it to have all been like okay good like yeah and i'm like really and they're like i would rather you do that than any of the others like yeah you know and that's coming from someone that's like studying people's minds for the last 20 years of their lives and stuff like i like i'm not trying to say that's a certification of it's okay like <sighs> it depends a person definitely but like I yeah it's that whole thing of like especially when you know like the Packers have pockets into like Mm. well hands in their pockets for like you know the government making sure they can put a blind eye like a Star City Casino last year had a uh, a COVID case and it was in that time of like if you had one COVID case like if I had one in the store I was working with we had a protocol that we all had two weeks off we'd have to take our annual we'd have to get tested we'd have to stay at home for two weeks or like five days to make sure no one got you know COVID but they'd have to clean the store from top to, to bottom like yeah. everything every product everything would have to be wiped down by a team and when star city casino had a confirmed case it didn't close not for 10 minutes not for an hour yeah it just didn't close you know like, yeah it's it's oh buying i knew this would get political fuck <laughs> <laughs> i i
0: 100 percent agree and i think that businesses really need to be aware the safety of um of COVID cases, especially with Delta and everything, it you know because oh, yeah. you know the the fact, and it's been proven, you can still get Delta whether you're vaccinated, you know, fully vaccinated or anything. Or not, it doesn't prevent you from getting it. It prevents you from getting sick from it, yeah. But it doesn't prevent you from getting it and therefore spreading it. So, you know, for anyone who has gotten it or has been a close contact, and you know whatever line of work you do, by law, shut down your business. It doesn't matter, like. You yeah. you know, yeah. I I just find it baffling that um, the, yeah, the essential like they don't shut down and be like, well, this has to close down or this has to do this. Like, there is, I I get it from a business perspective. Like, you don't want to shut down, but it's it's just for people's safety to check that everyone is okay. Yeah. Um, because there's a real like, oh, but you're essential, so therefore I shouldn't. And it's like, yeah, but so is everyone else in the fucking world and you know they've (laughs) shut down so just do it yeah i i have very much big contentions about it because i think that you know i don't think the higher ups always take you know proper responsibility for it um and and that is a very big problem that we face now with with the delta
1: really fucking
0: steamrolling its way
1: through. yeah delta is definitely i didn't look at today's numbers because it's just She's fucking depressing. Yeah. I saw yesterday being 1200 and I was like, God damn. Like, it's just, it's like this is not getting better. Yeah. Like, in the slightest. But hey, you know, it's the world we live in now, I guess. Like, I don't have control in it. Someone no. stepped on a butterfly somewhere and really fucked it for all of us. But hey. <laughs> um.
0: <laughs> it's so fucking true. Um, yeah. Let's move on to, um, you know, a bit about um, mental health and everything before and social media before we wrap things up but um yeah like we we touched a bit on like mental health and how like everything you know you you're trying to change the way of mental health and everything and 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 toxic standards yeah um what's your overall goal in the end i guess because you you know you as such an advocate for you know Equal rights and, and, and everyone having a fair say. And I love that about you, you, Sam. <laughs> You're great. But um, we've had many conversations about it. Where, you know,
1: how are you sort of hoping that this sort of changes in the future? Where do you hope it goes? Um I'm not sure. Like, I, I hope like everything changes with positive. Like I think deep down inside I know it won't. Like we will like looking on this the spectrum of no you're talking about mental health, but like of transphobia, homophobia, neo Nazis, like that there's always gonna be an evil. There's yeah. always a yin to a yang, unfortunately. Um, I think rather than hoping to get rid of it, hoping that we just have a confidence to tell those people to fuck off. <laughs> yeah. Like like it's great. Like I remember like I've got a tattoo of Ellie from The Last of Us in My Arm because that, that influence um my writing and uh like so for me like when it came to script writing that game has always been held and i remember one time i was working at the store i worked at which had a video game section and this guy came in and he was like your neck beard fedora like he yeah. was totally like that stereotype and like never knew it was an actual thing just kind of knew it was a stereotype um and he was like oh, i hate that the fact that she ma- they made her a lesbian and i went <laughs> and i was like typing i went what and he goes, well, she's gay. And I'm like, motherfucker, she's 14. I was like, what are you hating about her sexuality if you can't even touch her? Like, and he just went, oh, like, no, oh, no, I don't mean that. And I'm like, well, I, how else are you upset that she's gay? I was like, I don't understand you at this point. Like, what is going to be upset about? Oh, no. You know, I don't have a chance. That's the only algorithm that makes sense here. Like um so i think like having the confidence to be able to shut down people for thinking those way i think yeah. that's the better way in the same way of having the conversation with someone to be like it's all right let's have a chat like you know um as much as i'm going through shit now i've messaged so many people been like if you need to have a conversation have a conversation yeah like, yeah. yeah. It doesn't have to be with me be it with your sister be it with your mom or be it with your dad like but make sure you do have that outlet to have the conversation because it's hard it's so hard dealing with that shit and Fuck dealing with it alone. If you can get someone to help, you then help. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. And I th- I say that constantly to anyone out there if you're struggling. It's interesting as well. I was watching um something this morning on the Matrix, and like I didn't ever realize this about the Matrix, um. But there is one character I think in it where in the in the real world, uh, the character like the um, person is a woman, um, and in the game that person is a man. Like, you know, th- that whole they're Played by two different actors, this one person And you know how Wait, the, who is that? I can't remember the character's name But there's, yeah And I was just, I was thinking Because this was, this was back when The Wachowskis were known as The Wachowski Brothers mm. And, like, if anyone doesn't follow the Wachowskis uh, They're both trans um, And they're both so awesome They're about to do Matrix 4
1: But, um Did you see they dropped the title of that the other I, day? What was the title? What is it called? Re- uh, the Matrix Resurrection. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. Um, I'm so fucking keen for that movie, man. Um, oh. But I mean, like,
0: that's the thing that I often see about them is before you even know it, they're doing trans rights and they're doing, like, you know, they're doing little bits and pieces of how they feel about it, um, themselves and who they are. And I think. You know, it's it's so interesting because when trans was coming into like big form media, everyone was going, Oh, that's disgusting. I don't know why you would be, you know, what, what that's just they're indecided. And, and I'm like, No, that's just who they are. There's, they're, they're it's the same with The Last of Us and everything. I'm like, Yeah. And the fact that Elliot Page um, has come out and said, um, uh, said all the things and being he's awesome, but it's just like the fact that there was even backlash to that and everything. And it's like, it's, you know, it's just kind of so bizarre that we're still not accepting of people's differences and yeah. who they are and how they feel. And I really think, um, yeah, we, we uh, the way we structured society for so long is so backwards, it is so yeah. unforgiving, and, um, you know. The fact that you can't identify, you know, the the fact that everyone gets a bit iffy when people use different pronouns or anything like that. And, you know, I've now put on my pronouns on my emails and everything, and, you know, I think everyone should. But it, yeah, like, I think some people freak out at that because they're like, what does this mean? Why would it make, how does it affect me? And it's like, it affects you no way. Yeah, It affects you in no way other than no, knowing how that person Um, feels comfortable and that's exactly what you were saying but but i do feel like people they like to claim ownership of things that they want to have a say in or something when it's not even their say i think
1: people i think people freak out for a couple of reasons like uh um i think people get scared they don't understand and because they don't understand then they feel like um they're not educated or they're not yeah uh they're not with it in some way like um like if i'm being absolutely frank and i mean absolutely frank and i'm not proud of this about seven years ago i didn't get it like, yeah i was genuinely like i don't understand this in my mind you are mentally ill like i don't get it yeah and it was never like i would go into a fucking rally and i'd have a sign being like you know trans aren't real or whatever the fuck like i would never be in that point but i was just like i don't understand this i really don't understand it yeah then i met someone who I had no idea was uh trans. Like, uh, as bad as it sounds, I'm gonna say it like this. Um, I thought they they were always a dude, like ah. a, a man, like. And then like we're sitting at the the table at work, and they're like, uh, "So when's your surgery?" And he was like, "Oh, at the end of October. I can't fucking wait." Blah blah blah. And I'm like, "Oh, because it's like three weeks for me working there." And yeah. 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 This motherfucker, I'm just like, yo, like, you're you're a, you're a man to me. And um, I went, what's your surgery? And he's like, I'm getting my titties cut off. And because, like, I'm an overweight guy, I was like, well, maybe I can join you. <laughs> like, being like, I don't understand. And um, he went, no, le- legitimately, I'm getting my tits cut off. And I went, cancer? Like, I did not. Because yeah, in yeah, my yeah. mind, it wasn't even an option that he was once a woman. Yeah. Like, in the most correct way to say it. Like, I don't mean to, like, a fan, I really don't. And then he literally just looked at me and went, and I shit you not. This is the sentence that was said. He just looked and went, and he was leaning back in the chair and he just went, I've got a vagina. <laughs> and I went <laughs> and I just went, get the fuck out of here. I went, Are you kidding? And and he's like, No, man, I I do. And I was like, oh my God, I had no idea. I'm so sorry. And like, one, I was really flattered that I was that that he felt so comfortable just yeah, to yeah, say yeah. it so bluntly and then like it was that point i literally had a light bulb and went oh i don't need to get this i don't need to get this this is like it's not up to me to decide whether someone else is mentally ill or like they're going through something or they actually believe that this is their life and how they feel like because that's how they feel that's who they are that's their personality and i just went fuck it i don't care anymore like that's it like that is totally it i'm gonna like and i was like already less like a like i don't want to come across that i was transphobic in any way before but at one point i just didn't get it yeah and like that was a situation of being like i don't have to get it i just have to get them like you know it doesn't really matter and i think people get really scared that the world's changing and they can't keep up like they don't want it to change but yeah i just um yeah i don't know i think people just kind of get to it and that was the point i realized that like i've I don't want to be a person that's against the ocean. I don't yeah. want to be someone that's like, doesn't want to move forward. I don't want to be a person that doesn't want to spread hate for no reason and stuff. And like, that was a lot of me to change. Like, a lot of humor was like a very James Gunn situation and Kevin Hart situation. Like, yeah. I was like really into that humor. And I realized over those five years and the next five years of my life up until now, like every time of like understanding different waves of the ocean and the way that things go. And I think a lot of people are one afraid to admit that they were bad at these things at one point. Like I think cancel culture surrounds everyone so much that they don't want to admit that at one point they may have dropped a very bad slur for humor or hatred. You know, like I I find it interesting watching dudes with um, like Nazi tattoos go and get them covered up. And they tell their stories being like, I was just a piece of shit. Yeah. Like that takes a lot for someone to be able to go. I'm disappointed with who I was. Yeah. Like there's a massive difference to Kevin Spacey avoiding the situation <laughs> and someone being like I was not a good person that I said bad things and caused hatred in people's lives. I don't want to be that person anymore.
0: Yeah. I I think though that makes you very humble and the fact that you can acknowledge that and I you know like you know I do the same where it's like I've I've not been perfect my entire life and you yeah. know I think you know, that that's the thing of just growing up and, and dealing with a lot of stuff that happened in the world. And you just kind of, yeah. like, when it's presented in front of you, it is a little easier to just be like, oh, okay. Yeah, I,
1: like, as soon as, like, my friend sat there and I was like, fuck, I get it. I, I had this, like, wave of emotion of just being like, oh, I, I get this now. It was, like, the first time um I was introduced to... uh. Like and when I was in high school, like uh, we knew like those people in that like, Catholic high school that was gay and like we're like yeah. right on they're gay. But then I was introduced to like the real flamboyant, you know, drag queen, homosexual. Yeah. And that was the point I was like, oh, I get it now. And I was 16 at the time. Like, you know, yeah. like I was like, I get that it's a life, not a lifestyle, but like I get that it, it is a thing. Yeah. And not just a th- <laughs> I don't mean it in this way, but at that point, I just didn't understand it. To me, it was a fad, but like yeah. I understood that it was a thing. Like, and like, I think we don't give ourselves credits for educating ourselves. Like, no. you know, we're very scared of admitting we don't know things as humans. Like, you know, it's like the anti-maskers; they just don't want to be wrong in a way. Like, yeah,
0: I think that I think that's very true, and it's and it's a very like, and I think social media is is helping that and and making people much more aware of things um but i also think that you know like you just the the fact is the world is changing constantly and i i i think that there is going to be things that you know both you and i will get to a point you know completely in our lifetimes where we'll be like which just beyond our comprehension as we get older because things that you're used to you either keep up with them or you stay behind and it, it is very hard on some people, because that is obviously a very scary thing. Yeah, definitely. But also, you know, that is the fact
1: of life. Um. I think people just don't want the world to change. Like, uh, I think it's one of the biggest issues watching politicians that don't want to cause climate change because it's their world that's changing. Yeah. Uh, Or they didn't want um, homosexuals to be able to get married because their world was changing. But realistically, it's not their world. It's the world. Like, they're just owning something that doesn't belong to them. Um, yeah. The whole plebiscite thing was ridiculous. Like, we spoke about that a minute ago. Like, it just kind of proved that people are so unsure uh, of something because they just don't understand it. Yeah. And, like, I remember having conversations with, like, 12-year-olds when they're like, oh, gay, you shouldn't get married. I'm like, why? And they're like, because it's not normal. And I'm like, well, I don't think you're normal having a fucking <laughs> relationship at 12. <laughs> but I'm not going to stop it, man. Like, it's that's what you're doing. That's cool. Yeah. Like, you know, I just don't understand... People stopping people for not wanting to understand, you know. It's just like fuck that. Like, why do you want to be someone that stops someone from writing their own story? Like, yeah, that's just rude. I I think that's
0: my. Can I say on a point to wrap us up? But that is the most profound thing, and very true because you know, like, just don't you know, don't write other people's stories. Although, as, as scriptwriters. <laughs> the irony is there We're not writing people's
1: story We're making up people Yeah like, we're making we're They're ma- our people <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god
0: um, But can I say Sam It has been a pleasure To chat with you today It is You're an absolute legend And an amazing human I love chatting with you um,
1: Likewise Likewise Martin I I adored this so much. I was so excited to do this. So thank you for having, thank you for ki- considering I'm on the tier of people that you've been interviewing yes. and conversationally with.
0: I love it. Uh, I love it. And made c- me
1: feel really special.
0: Anytime. I, oh, this warms my heart actually. And I'm kind of like, oh, giddy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> where can people find your Twitch streams? Because I know they'll probably be hankering for a meal.
1: Uh, <laughs> well, like I'm pretty much the same name on everything. Uh, Quartz TV, but it's qu 4 TV. Yeah. So, um, a four instead of the A and a Z and TV, I don't know, like, uh, however you want to spell it, but like, uh, if you find me on Instagram, I'm on that Twitter, I'm on that Twitch, I'm on that YouTube, I'm on that, everything is Quartz TV. I managed, I managed to own that, uh, that name. So I'm kind of g- happy about that.
0: Yeah. And, and do go and check out his Twitch because it is amazing. Go and check out his roasts. They are phenomenal. <laughs> um,
1: look after this, I'll cook you a roast. I'll Oh, some please do. I That's am so I'm excited. At. Yeah. And I'll do ribs and mac and cheese for you. Oh. <laughs> Are you lactose by chance?
0: I I am, but I have like I have lactase tablets, so I can take okay, something good. prior to
1: because I put five different cheeses. In the <laughs> oh my cheese. god, like, I'm, it's incredible! I yeah. might melt in how much I'm excited. For <laughs> I'll but, give you a small amount, <laughs> please. Do. Um,
0: and you can go and check out more episodes of the Things We Do podcast. They're available on Apple and Spotify. And I'll be speaking to a bunch of different people next week because we are in the Christmas episode next week. So you can go and check that out. And I will be speaking to you all then. Goodbye.